You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. You're listening to Inside Real Estate, where we go deep into the minds of real estate professionals. Here are your hosts, Paul and Sal. Good morning, everybody. Paul Pasolak is here. I, I'm, I'm, I'm done with our intro. It's I, got, I don't mind it. I'm over it. I need. I think we need a new intro, dude. We'll leave it to Paul. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I am done with the intro. So what's up, everyone? Uh, we are Inside Real Estate. Uh, we have a very special guest today. His name is Scott Brothers from KW Grand Blank. How are you, sir? I'm great. If I was any better, I'd have a twin. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? Uh, all right. <laughs> Salvatore Cusmano, how are you today? I'm good. You got the lettuce showing through the shirt today? Yeah. The lettuce going on? I fucking on? love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, fu- that's fantastic. All right. Um, so today we're going uh, to talk a little bit about uh, demand. Uh, has the housing market peaked? Uh, I think that's an interesting topic. I think we're seeing some things changing in the market, so we'll hit on that. I want to hit on Fannie Mae. There's a lawsuit in place to try to get that back in the hands of the private sector because right now I don't think a lot of people know that the government's skimming a lot of money off the top of that. Hmm. I didn't like, know that. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that. It's interesting. So we'll talk a little bit about broker versus bankers. I yeah. think it's a hot topic right now. I think there's a big like – like It's a good question that we get asked a lot, right? A lot of times. Like what, what do you mean you're a broker? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I want to explain that a little bit and kind of there's there's like a, a war going on in the backgrounds between brokers and bankers. But we'll talk about that. Uh, but first and foremost, Scott, uh, a little funny story about Scott. So I golf with Scott. Uh, he was wearing uh, Louis Vuitton shoes. Uh, legitimately, like, like not <laughs> golf shoes. He had had, he just had knee surgery like the week before. So he's limping around. It was unreal. He hit the ball straight every time, a <laughs> hundred yards. It was all luck. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and then when I was asked to go golfing with him, the, the guy that we were, there was four of us and I, and, and, uh, Darren said, Hey, who's golfing with us? He said, Scott brothers. <clears throat> I go, well, do we need, are we doing five? <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize it was. Scott Brothers. Yeah, everyone confuses that. And I'm yeah. like, I'm not that famous. It's confusing well, like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I feel like it, this is a funny thing. I feel like if you're in real estate or you're in mortgage or whatever, like you all, you just have a million friends on Facebook that are real estate agents or oh, mortgage yeah. people, right? So yeah. like I keep seeing Scott Brothers, Scott Brothers. I'm like, where is the other brother? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is, where is this guy? And then when you just said that twin thing, I was like, what? Dude? Does he really have a twin? No, and it's crazy. It was like X Files. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> like, "Oh yeah, your Scott Brothers, like the guys on TV." I'm like, "No, no, <laughs> yeah. the Scott me. Brothers." Yeah, yeah, yeah from HGTV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so tell us about your background, man. How long have you been in the business? How'd you get into it? You're doing pretty well. I think you're pretty new, but you're, you're kicking yeah, yeah, ass. we're doing pretty good, man. So I started off graduating high school, went to Michigan State. Yeah, I graduated there with a biochem and math degree. Congrats for um, ever using it. Yeah, so I, I worked at a place called Aerotech, which is in uh, Flint on the Gateway Center. They got me a temp job. I worked at for six months, and they were like, "Oh yeah, Scott, we're gonna hire you for you know another term." And I was like, "Cool." I'm like, you know, you're all gun ho, just graduated, trying to make some money, whatever. Right. So I do a second six month term, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna hire you next quarter as a real employee, not a temp." And I'm like. I thought I was a real employee. I, like, I, was nah. wor- I mean, I was working. Yeah, so I'm sitting next to a guy making eight bucks more an hour than me, and I'm going, hey, I don't think so, bro. So I uh, I quit. <laughs> I started a tree service with a truck, trailer, and uh, I don't know. Like, we did pretty good. I turned that into quite a bit of stuff. We had dump trailers, uh, stump grinders, whatever. Scott Brothers 
tree yeah brother's tree service man so the only one of you yeah it was kind of (laughs) weird so so i sold that off to uh, a company actually in flat rock michigan kind of down this way and uh they bought it cashed me out and uh i started real estate man i the lady i bought my house off of worked at century 21 so i you know i kind of uh shadowed her for a couple weeks and then kind of got to know the business i also learned that i wasn't going to work for her so I checked in at Remax Platinum. I was there for hmm, a little over a year. I sold uh, 63 houses my first year. That's a lot, by the way, just for the audience to understand. Yeah. Your first year, 63 houses is pretty darn good. Yeah, dude. It was pretty pretty good. So we sold that. <laughs> and then five and uh, a quarter a month. Yeah. Yeah. Was, That's good math, buddy. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. So <laughs> we uh, we checked in at Keller Williams about four or five months ago, and we're there. We're here. Awesome, man. Yeah. So, I mean, in the first year to sell that many houses or to have that many transactions, I asked you this, So, but I want you to tell the audience, I mean, how did you get going? Because nobody knew you were doing real estate. You're new to it. It takes a little while to get that going. So it's pretty goofy, man, but this is the bottom line. Right. So I walked into Sagebrush, big bar, like in Fenton, whatever. Uh-oh. I walk into the um, the breezeway and there's a cork board on my side. And I had all these business cards. So I literally pulled out my phone. I took four pictures, like quadrants or whatever of it. I drank some beers, came back home, sat down in front of a computer, literally zoomed in on my phone, wrote down every single name, phone number, and email into an Excel file. And I, the next morning, I called every single person. I was like, hey, my name's Scott Brothers. You know, I work at Remax at the time. Blah, blah, blah. This is my story. Young kid trying to start off. You know, anyone looking to buy or sell a house instead of giving it to a guy that sells 400 a year. You know, I'd really appreciate your business and I'll make sure you're taken care of. Wow. Period. And uh, that's kind of how our database started and that's kind of how we got going. Dude, that's yeah. a pretty good idea. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard anybody do and that. It's funny because, you know, it, I feel like everyone's everywhere. trying to reinvent the wheel, right? They are. They're doing this, they're buying leads, they're blah, blah, blah. And blimps, it's like, bu- billboards. Yeah. It's oh. like, what, what if you what if you just got on the phone and just called everyone you know or, or called people you didn't know? I mean, the cold thing call is, the phone book. Is like if what, you look in your phone, like under contacts, and you literally just scroll all the way to the bottom, it'll tell you how many people in there. I bet you every one of you have at least three, four hundred. A hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah. like there's three or four hundred people you can call in one day. Like, you know, you gotta pick up the phone and start dialing. Yeah, the beauty of this business, it's a contact sport. Very yeah. right. It's so as many people as you can contact, get your name out there. So that I think that's genius, dude. You took an opportunity, you saw a bunch of phone numbers and names, and you're like, I'm gonna call all of them. Yeah, and like a lot of them like are like, Oh yeah, we're not really interested, like quit calling, whatever. And like you can't get discouraged. You just gotta keep calling because like it only takes one yes and then you got something going you right. know what I mean so like from right. those hundred business cards you know it's just it's pretty work. badass dude. it's interesting though I mean and especially a place like that which is like probably one of the busiest restaurants in the area like yeah. that's smart right I mean you just know it's local people that obviously live in the area you're not calling from the white pages where the people might live two hours from you they're right there local and I think it was a good well and another thing too is is when you have when you're calling business cards right um, some of those people are sources of business yeah you know, it's a good contract. contractors, yeah. things like yeah. that, you know, um, and I feel like if you look for a well to drink from as opposed to just the cup of water, right? Yeah. Like that's where you got to go. No, I that's agree. Great analogies. Salvatore. Man. Salvatore's on point. Yeah, he, he's, yeah. he's killing it, dude. Not a cup, but a well. <laughs> I like that. It's the lettuce, brother. It's that double shot. It's that fresh <laughs> lettuce. Man. Don't so, play. yeah, I mean, that is that is awesome. So what do you, what do you feel... Like when you started in the business, obviously it was, it was pretty hot. 
we got super hot going into the spring. I mean, I remember like our winter was hot. Uh, it, when it usually it slows down, got to spring, it was like, it was crazy how busy we were. Right. Yeah. Um, so going to kind of like what we're seeing is, is the market slowing down or, or has it peaked? And in your opinion, what are you kind of seeing? I think we just talked about it a little bit prior. Yeah. So I think four months ago, it was a heavy seller's market. Yeah. I still think it's, it's starting to switch to a buyer's market. Like people are starting to write offers that are not full price, not overpriced. They're starting to kind of put in concessions. They're not waiving inspections. They're giving people a little more occupancy, whatever. And I just feel like it's kind of switching over to a buyer's market. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a lot of uh, backup offers get accepted and or offers that were rejected off the bat yeah. now coming back and saying, hey, we didn't get any other bites. Uh, yeah. We'll meet you halfway, right? want to buy my house, please? Yeah. Please? And it's so funny because the listing agent, right, and especially like as a listing agent, you have to think it's still a seller's market, you know, just to kind of put your best foot forward, I should say, for the the seller, right? So no, you know, we got a lot of uh, uh, heat on this one, whatever, right? A lot of activity. We're waiting for some other offers. You know, we're not going to lock this up today. Look. And then no other offers come in and three days later, you're like, I feel like a lot of sellers are like coming back down to earth too, like. Four months ago, like a two hundred thousand dollars house, you're like, oh, let's list it at two forty. It's like, no, let's not and say we did because like it's not going to appraise. <laughs> now we're going to have an issue. You know what I mean? So like, that's, yeah, <laughs> there's a, there's a reality check happening right now, a big time, hundred yeah. percent, especially on the seller side. I see for sale by owners. I got someone in my neighborhood selling their house for four hundred eighty thousand or something like that. I bought mine for three ninety a year ago. Dude, chill out. Yeah, big time. Yeah. It's like trying to retire off yeah. one sale, man. I think <laughs> there are still some pockets that are crazy, though. Yeah, you know, oh, there are um, Absolutely. certain areas where yeah. it's like no matter what, conventional cash are just ruling, right? Yeah, but there's still going to be those houses yeah. that are super hot. You're going to have homes that are going to be multiple offers because there's like yeah. you know those houses will always exist. Yeah, but the overall theme, in my opinion, are like those like houses that weren't perfect that were still getting multiple offers aren't getting the multiple offers anymore. Right. I right? mean, the market's not like Costco. It's not like you can go there and just you know yeah. go and and there's a plethora of houses, but. Um, definitely I feel like people who felt like they may have waited too long, yeah. right? Like, oh shit, you know, April was when I should have sold. Now it's like probably a flood of people who had that mindset to see what would happen yep. are realizing that it's leveling off and now it's time to actually put the house on the market. Absolutely. What I'm seeing before the end of the year. So the last three transactions I did were people buying houses, not the last three, but I've had three in the recent uh, last last month or so. Where the people buying the house were buying investment properties. Yeah. So what I'm seeing personally is if like you've got a if you're a guy that owns 15 investment properties and you're starting to see the market kind of going down a little bit, you, a lot of people are starting to think about cashing in. Oh yeah. Right. Like, and I was I always wondered where is this inventory going to come from, and I never really thought about the investment property inventory that's out there of people holding onto these properties that have probably made quite a bit on it. Yeah. And it's like, well, at what point do you cash in that lottery ticket? You know, it would be an interesting, uh, and I'm sure you could probably do this, pull up public records by non-homestead. Yeah, yeah. You know, and call the owner of record and just say, hey, you know, I don't know what you're thinking, you know, your situation with your tenants, whether it's family, actual renters, but now might be the time. Ooh, that's a good play. You know? Ooh. I sell a lot of homes in Burton that are like, you know, 30, 20, 40 grand, whatever. Yeah. And like- 
four months ago, there was a ton of them. And like all my investor buddies were like, yeah, let's buy them, buy them, buy them. And like they're still looking for them. And there's literally nothing out there. Like the Burton, I don't know. It's just kind of even, I don't know. People, I think they're like holding on to stuff, waiting to sell it because they think they're going to get way more money. And I'm like, I don't think it's going to last much longer. It's it's trying to predict what's going to happen in the market. We can't. I don't predict. see a crash. No, definitely dude. a leveling off and probably they know, like ebbs they, and flows like with the season. They're like still trying to ride it up to the top. But I don't like, think we're there right now. I think well, right now we're seeing leveling off. I think what I you think could so. probably say is if you look at the past three years, right? Yeah. A steep incline with maybe very little bumps between seasons. Now yeah. it's going to probably become a seasonal market again. Yeah. Where, that's a right, great point. April up, fall down. You know, it's just. I think that the the seasons are going to have a lot more effect as mm. we continue. But again, we're, gonna, we're normalizing. But dude. no one has that crystal ball. It could get nut. It could get nuts again. Who knows? I mean, yeah. it could just be this much tougher next year. You oh, know, yeah. right. we don't know. But ultimately, uh, I think it, it's just like we say all the time. It's like locking a raid or doing this or buying that. If it makes sense at the moment, you should probably do it. Because mm-hmm. whether or not you decide to wait till next year, it's not like you're going to make an extra fifty grand on your house, right? Yeah, might be like all right. Instead of selling it for two forty next year, you could sell it for two forty five. There's you a lot more wait new another year and make yeah. eight more mortgage payments. A lot of new builds. Yeah, the new build thing's a big deal. Like I feel like that's kind of people are like, why buy a used house when I can go buy a new mm-hmm. one for you know one hundred thirty bucks a square foot? Right. right. Yeah. Now, yeah. What, what's interesting though, and I'm sorry to no, cut you good, off, man. but so yesterday. Um, there's a, I was talking to an agent, there's this development that he had, I think it was in Bruce Township or something like that. Right. And he's saying, um, you know, he, it was for a while it was like, all right, you know, we just got to find the right builders and he kind of had it going. And then it, uh, ended up that no one wants to build because the price of materials with the tariffs oh, yeah. have uh, gone up quite a bit. So for example, lumber come, a lot of it t- comes from Canada. Drywall yeah. comes from China. Now all of a sudden, you know that fifty, sixty thousand, or or that you know you'd make on on a house or two, probably in a spec or or a development, yeah. is now thirty, and it's like okay, it's going to take eight nine months to do this. I mean, that's like a real estate commission on the house, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And why would you put it all out there, especially as a builder? You actually, as a spec, you have to front it all. Yeah. So what if the market just has a small correction? Now you're into this house for break even. You just work for free for a year. No, I it's totally not, agree. Yeah, absolutely. So another thing that happened in the news, and so Fannie Mae was being sued. There's uh, there's like a hedge fund guy, and I don't know if the audience understands this, but Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, at the at the crash, basically the government came in and just took them over, infused them with capital, so that you know to protect the housing market, which was understandable back then, right? Oh, yeah. They still basically own them. So over the last, and they're really healthy. They're super profitable. So the government is basically skimming off all these profits as retribution for the money that they put into it. Uh-huh. We're talking about they made trillions of dollars off this endeavor. So there's a guy he was trying to sue him, and it just got rejected by the courts. Like the, basically, the court said you don't. Uh, there's no, you know, th- there's no way that like this is gonna like you have no grounds to, to sue because he was basically saying it's time. To give up Fannie Mae's your your ownership in Fannie Mae, so they could go back to being yeah. public, right? Basically, Fannie Mae stock started rising when mm-hmm. uh, when they went into when this came out, and it just got rejected. Which so I mean, I guess the question to, that I have for everyone is: Are we comfortable with really the government kind of seizing control of a of an entity that is really supposed to be private? It's kind of a weird thing. It's very uh, Chinese. Well, it hasn't been since what two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Yeah. So it's like. It, things haven't really been bad, you know, 
in the past years. I think it's that not, it's not about being bad or good. It's a philosophical question, right? Well, I really, think, but well, I guess for us, but in the behind the scenes and the reality of it, it's a it's a monetary question, right? It's probably like okay, we've been making all this money here while we basically break even on rates, right? Is right. it something that might happen once the government starts to make money on their money, right? Because they've been also the same ones who are dishing this money out at record lows, right? So where do where do they Fannie make their money? Profitable, dude. They really are. I mean, I, I could pull it off. Yeah, but I'm but saying, but trillions. Fannie Mae doesn't make money on rates, right? The Fed does. Fannie Mae makes servicing or money on you know uh, essentially uh, securitizing all those those loans, right? Right. Yeah. And the government skims it off the top. So That's correct. How'd you like if the government was skimming your money off the top? Well, they do. Well, they do. Every <laughs> time, and though. I don't like it. <laughs> Bitches. You're right. You are, bitch. Yeah. And it is funny. It sucks. But like, You're right. I'm like here we are sitting on a podcast, you know, basically uh, blasting the government and no one's going to, it's not like we're going. They don't, we don't even know who they are and they're taking yeah. 30% of our money, dude. What? <laughs> Garbage. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wouldn't mind paying, like I'd pay taxes. I don't give a shit about paying taxes, but I want my like streets gilded in gold. Yeah, and like instead you, know I mean? you get potholes that lead to China. Like if I'm going to pay I mean? taxes, like where – what the shit, man? Where's the money going? Yeah. Dude, don't say what the shit. It just sounds like like a five-year-old. Okay. I'm so, like what their, the fir- their first time they swore. <laughs> <laughs> what I, the shit, man? I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> we, look, aside from making fun of me right now for how I speak, like we Sorry. pay a lot of money in taxes. Our schools suck. <clears throat> our roads suck. Um, I get it. Like, Yeah, I, but that's like – America. That's like a <laughs> microcosm of of you know Detroit. That's who it affects me. It affects me. That's what I'm talking about. I don't give it. Yeah, like, I don't. I don't know if that's due to taxes or or possibly it's poor management of our poor money. management of our money locally. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, I feel but like in the, the grand scheme of things, line their pockets and it's kind of. You know what I mean? Like, let's I mean, say they make a million, know. they're like, "Oh, here's a hundred." I hope that's not. A, I mean, I really wish I had more faith in like the people running our shit. I don't think I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Jessica, what do you think? What do you think? No. No. I don't have faith in them at all. <laughs> our Neither schools are so broke. I'm with Isn't her. the lottery money? Isn't that supposed to go to schools, roads? Yeah. And all uh, my that? Wa- my wife's a teacher. Uh, she's been a teacher for twelve, thirteen years. She moved to Michigan. She had to pay for a master's degree, which cost upwards of $20,000. She made, at, her, at the height of her career, which she stopped working now because it doesn't make sense. She was making $42,000 a year. Yeah. And that is after a long time of working. Jeez. Like, And she was forced to get her master's degree. So <laughs> how the heck is she? To make $42,000. So six years year. in college, probably what, 100 grand in debt or 100 grand spent it's somehow great, yeah. or something, grants or whatever. Yeah. To like make forty two. Who would be a teacher right now? Like if I was in school and they're like, you can get rack up all this debt, you gotta get your masters, and you'll never get paid any money, and you've got to bring your own supplies to school. Like my wife was buying her own supplies. That's when you come work for Scott Brothers Real Estate Group. There it is. <laughs> if you're if you're a teacher and you wanna get out, Scott Brothers. Well, there's only one of them though. I mean that should be your quote. For Scott the most Brothers. part, it's, it's, a, it's one a very them. selfless career, you know. It and is. I guess there's people who kinda do that and nobody uh, does. Everybody that is in that profession, even if they love it, hate it. They're miserable, dude. No, it's I hard to be happy when your stomach's growling. Everyone, you know what I mean? Making yeah. 40 grand I mean, a year is like, tough. It's tough. I mean, but you got to look at the average of everyone, right? I mean, there's a lot of people who do that and or work their ass off and make thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a year. Yeah, but you're not forced to get a master's degree, rack up debt, go to college, and then get out of college. And then you're also teaching our it's youth. True. It's a pretty important position. Yeah, right? no, I think they should definitely – I'm not saying that they shouldn't get paid more. Yeah, yeah I think police saying, officers I mean, should get paid more too. 
Yeah. They yeah. make the same kind of money. Yeah. yeah. It's like how are the some of the most important and influential people in our community getting paid 30, 40 grand a year? Like how does that even work? And you're making as much as you are. It's a travesty. Yeah, right. <laughs> no. By the it way, kind of nuts. Right? By the way, Scott brother showed me a picture of his house, and he's like, "Yeah, I got a track." I mean, I, I go, "How'd you hurt your leg?" He goes, "I got a track in my backyard." He, he, Dirt biking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm like, "Oh, he shows me this picture. It's not a. Tr- it's it's a it's a it's a Motor two crawling. miles wide." <laughs> yeah, dude, here, let me pull we'll it pull it up. We're gonna show you. Like, I'll, I'll post it on our Facebook. I mean. It's a like you could have legit motocross races on this thing. It's massive. That's badass. Dude, let me try to find it. We're on the we're on the air. Nobody nobody can see it. Well, I'm about to pull it up. All right. Well, I mean, you gotta have fun. I'm gonna move on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So no, I mean, Scott Brothers is a very interesting character. So here it is, dude, right here. So check it out. I mean, it's it looks like a Mario Kart track. (laughs) Like legitimately looks like a Mario Kart track. Looks like the highway in Royal Oak. Yeah. (laughs) 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 So, um, all right, Scott, that's enough about your track. Uh, (laughs) Real estate. (laughs) Yeah, let's go back to real estate. So, I don't know. I don't even know if you understand this as much as uh, you probably think you do potentially. But there's two sects. No, I shouldn't have said that. There's two parts of our business as far as lending, and there's like they're very they're, they're different in their own way. There are what are called mortgage brokers, mm-hmm. and then you've got your direct lenders and banks, right, mm-hmm. Sal? So do you want to try to explain the difference? No? Yeah, sure. I mean, I can. So, you know, if you were a uh, – if they consider a mortgage banker someone who works for a lender that's lending their own money, they have their own underwriters potentially, mm-hmm. um, they have their set guidelines and rules and whatnot, and you work directly for them, depending, you know, if like – for example, if you work at a bank, you don't even have to have license. The bank holds that license for you essentially and you're one of their workers. Um, a mortgage broker is someone who um, they broker the deal out. They're, they work with multiple investors that, hey, you know, we can do crazy, you know, low FICO loans and we've got our A paper lender. We've got, you know, our guy who does investors, blah, blah, blah. And you broker that out. Now, I think there's probably a, a common misconception that brokers charge additional fees. That's what um, the banks say, right? Yeah. Uh, why would you use a middleman? Why wouldn't you go straight yeah, to the you're source? Gonna, you're going to have to pay it. a middleman. Like, they tax them. It, yeah. But the I think, banks have a lot of overlays. So, like, and if you don't meet that one bank's criteria, then you know you're better off dealing with something like that. So yeah, let's talk. That's a great point, right? Yeah, because like if you walk into no, like I'm not saying anything about one bank, but let's say you go into Chase Bank and they're like, hey. We require a 620 score. You know, we need this, 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 and this. Whereas if you go to like, let's say Mortgage One or Cross Country Mortgage or a different place, they can say, hey, we have all these different options and, you know, this might be the best fit for you. Right. So that's, that's, that's a big, that's one big difference is we as brokers sell. Um, we do have multiple options to do a lot of different things because we've got different investors. Right. Right. And what's cool about a broker is, you know, if you get your own warehouse lines and, and you have the, proper licensing, you can be a broker and a banker, right? Right. So we have one channel that is banker, which, you know, we can get very competitive on. Yeah. And then we have our broker channel, which is still competitive, but nonetheless has other options for different people. Yeah. So it, the the thing is, though, that I think what most people think and that what the people say about the, the middleman and the additional fee, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to think of an analogy that's like uh, proper, but basically, you know, we're getting the product very cheap yeah. and selling it at a market rate. I mean, if we, we get, we get if wholesale we were, rates, yeah, we, we don't, it, right? it's not like we're buying 
the rates from the bank at the same price that they'd be giving them out retail and then charging yeah. additional fees yeah. on top. I mean, that's we what- We get it at a, at a lower discount because we're brokering it out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, for, so I got a thing. So like I just recently bought into a, a thing called Sync, Commissions Inc. It's a yeah, CRM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I called Google AdWords because mm-hmm. Commissions Inc. uses Google AdWords to give you leads. So I called Google AdWords. I'm like, hey, can I just buy the leads, you know, in the SEO from you guys at a pretty good price? And they're like, hey, Scott, it's going to be around 18 to 20 bucks a lead. And then I call Commissions Inc. And they're like, hey, if you use us, it's six or seven bucks a lead. For the same lead. Yeah. So the same lead. So they have what they call a premier partnership with Google. So they get it at a huge discount and they're still selling it to me at a discount compared to what I could buy it at the bank or at Google for. You know what I mean? So like. Right. It's just better off to go through. Well, because the they buy them in bulk. Yeah, they buy so like, much. Yeah, an extremely large amount of them that they yeah. can sell it. Maybe they buy it at $5 and they sell it to you at $7, seven yeah. right? And so, if I go buy it, you know, I'm going to pay 18 bucks. Yeah, so yeah, so the audience understands. And even some, some direct lenders who do their own retail are also wholesale lenders. So just for instance, I'm going to give an example. If I want to – if I, I can actually write a loan as a wholesale lender, as a broker, through Quicken, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know that because I could. They might get paperwork and it might say Quicken Loans on it, but you're going to Omega Lending, right? That, right. Because they've got an, a wholesale channel. Well, same thing with Caliber, right? right? I mean, yeah. everyone has a lot of these lenders also have a retail channel, and it's funny because often we come up in competition with them, right? And it's like, well, and we're using the same. Well, they have a better rate or they have a worse rate, and it doesn't really matter because it's. I mean, I guess it just depends on that specific loan officer's deal who's writing it. But often, and as a broker, you can compete against yeah. their retail presence, which is funny. And I think that's uh, kind of part of the war in the background. Yes, that people are talking about in our business is you know, is it cannibalism? Right? Is it like okay, we we have an opportunity, we have a client, we're going to send it to you. Right. Mm-hmm. And try to build a partnership with you, yeah. whether it's, you know, and I'm just throwing names out there. No yeah. one in particular. It's not like it's just one, but, you know, we want to send you loans and now we're competing with one of your retail loan officers. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I guess where's the, where's the loyalty lie within the big, the corporation, right? I can, it probably comes down to where is there more money. Right. You know, exactly. No, I so I got there, a lot of flack yesterday, last night. I posted something on LinkedIn. And I was talking about how uh, a Quicken Loans office, like I was using Quicken as a as a yeah. as an example. Well, we are signed up with Quicken on the wholesale side, and wholesale got upset with me because I was basically making fun of Quicken. Well, I compete against Quicken, yeah, all the time, and unfortunately, they do make mistakes. And there are there is something that like I feel very strongly about on the retail side. So I said that with people at wholesale, are like we're partners. I'm like, listen, dude, the reality is I'm competing against you every single day. Right. Yeah. You're one of my biggest competitors. You can't expect the two not like it's very it's it's contradictory for you to try to be my partner on one side. So on the back end of our business, you've got people like Matt Ishbia, who's United Wholesale Mortgage. He does zero retail. He's very broker centric. He's actually leading the charge with a few other people kind of saying like as a broker, you should never use either retail guys. So it's kind of funny to see if you go on, on LinkedIn and kind of look yeah. at what's going on. It's very interesting. Yeah. No, I. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you you probably don't see any of this, but it, it is. There's literally like this little little like battle back and forth. It would be like if uh, right. if Remax was like, uh, or I'm sorry, let's say KW, K- right? KW, yeah. right? Let's say they they had like a Redfin channel where they go out and they flat list, you know, no, oh, yeah, listings for one and a half percent or whatever. Yeah. And so you walk into somebody's house and they're like, but oh, I'm, I'm Scott with 
with KW, right? Yeah. It's basically where you hang your license or whatever. And it's like, well, we're actually going to go with Keller Direct. Yeah. Right? Because they're going to- That's that's what, what it is. They're listing it for two grand. You're like, what the- I Why do I work here? Customer <laughs> service too, like just being like a real estate agent, when I see like certain banks or certain lenders or whatever, I'm just like, maybe we should go over here. You know what I mean? Like- that's what I'm sorry for my all my quick. I have a lot of friends at Quicken, and you guys got to understand something. This is like legitimate, and probably one of you will hear this, but because sometimes it's the a deal different might language. Not happen. Going consumer direct on a refi. Well, they've been, they've been a refinance shop for a long time. They're trying to figure out purchase, and then all of a sudden trying to communicate with the brokers. They're different languages, and they they haven't figured it out yet. Where you know they're a little behind. They're trying to pump money into their wholesale network, and you want to know why? Because refinances are are drying up. And who writes all the purchase of business right now? Brokers. Yeah. Right? So you know what's an, kind of in the, in the same vein of what we're talking about, but it's an interesting subject. I was at a closing yesterday and I was talking to an, uh, the listing agent and we just kind of got on conversation. He said, you know, I don't ever try to – which I think, you know, has its good and its bad points. But he says, you know, I don't ever try to uh, refer out another lender if someone's already with someone and they're happy with them, unless they absolutely suck because he goes, that loan officer likely knows a lot of agents. And if all of a sudden, you know, you're trying to get, you know, put in a different direction by your agent, you know, that LO could easily be like, Hey, I don't know him, but I know this guy and he kills it in that market, you know? And I guess as a loan officer, I've never thought about it like that. Probably because most of our business comes from direct referrals when we, we try to keep them together. But yeah, you know, I don't think – I mean, at the end of the day, it's not about the loan officer, the real estate agent or anybody. It's about the client yeah. and making sure that they're taking care of How the right do they way. get the For best sure. experience, right? So like if they're at Quicken Loans and they come to me and I like see their pre-approval and I see that it says 5.99%, right, blah, 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 I'm going to be like, hey, man, like with that credit, I think we should maybe shop around. Yeah. Like it's best to advise them. I don't think there's nothing wrong with shopping. It just It's all about right. the client and if they shop and they get a better rate, like – too bad if they're and their comfort level, you know. Yeah, you know, like, it's just a better deal for them. Period. Right. Because at the end of the day, when you look at the, the amortization table, and you're like, "Hey, I just spent a hundred grand in a house, but at the end, I'm paying one eighty. You know, that interest rate makes a difference over thirty sure. years. So, like, it's best to shop. A hundred percent. But I'm gonna I'm gonna fight you a little bit on that because this is what I'm gonna say. You also need a professional that knows how to handle the deal. You need a good team because buying a house is pretty complicated, right? Oh, you do for sure. So there are ABC lenders online that'll be an eighth lower in interest rate. But is that eighth worth worth like having a shitty transaction? Well, no, no, I no, I'm right? not saying that at all. I'm saying like. Make sure you're doing the best thing for you. Yes. It's not just the interest rate. Like, it's it's the whole package. Process. Like, if I know that there's certain banks that – and it could be a 25-day deal and it's going to be a 45-day deal just because I'm going through an assembly line of 12 people to make this happen. It's just better to go through somebody who's local and you can walk right into their store and, and talk to them. Yeah. I mean, it's it's difficult. And again, uh, I got a lot of flack for my, my post yesterday for <laughs> – it's really kind of funny that I matter because um, it's crazy because I'm no <laughs> I big league. I don't think in the <laughs> grand scheme, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But like no. people really like, – I, mean, I have friends there that got upset with me. And I'm like, dude, it's like – it's the reality of where you're at. Unfortunately, you, you guys haven't figured it out. And I, I talked about it. So yeah. buzz off. I don't give a fuck. Um, so, I love that. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, and that is the bottom line. That, that is the bottom line. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. So that's that's what I got. Sal, what do you got, man? I'm 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 done with that topic. Yeah. Yeah. You beat it to death. Um. So, 
Um, what about mindset? I think uh, there we go. Wow, ah, take the reins. I yeah! like it. There it is. All right, so I think we got a third host. Yeah, we do. <laughs> like that's funny. I think people like so. There's a scarcity mindset and an abundance mindset. Mm-hmm. And I That's think good. that some people think if their life is sucking and their situation sucks, that everyone else does too. And I think that that's, I think people need to get over that a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, in, in our business and running our business, there's like two ways to look at it, right? Yeah. Do you try to cut costs or do you try to get more business? More business. Right. And that's the funny thing. It's like everyone always is, and mind you, be smart with, with the way you spend your money, you oh, know? Absolutely. Yeah. And even in a personal life, especially in a commission role or, or what we do, it's like, man, you know, I should, I should probably, I should probably, I should probably sell that thing. It's like two grand. I could like pay down one of my credit cards, you know, yeah. and it's like, or I could just sell another house, you know? And it's yeah. like, how do you get there though? And I think that's the biggest thing as far as a mindset goes is like, if you think of things, you know, on a per deal basis or like, Mm-hmm. How's this going to look? If I don't close this deal, what's going to happen? As opposed to, man, there are so many deals out there. You know, like I, I realize that if I'm not losing a lot, yeah, I'm not winning a ton. You know what I mean? And that's like one of the biggest things as far as uh, um, mindset goes. Is like there's oh, if I lose this deal, there's four more that I could get today. So for me, I think that people tend to. Like if they're doing well or they know something works or like a system works or whatever they're doing is is good or whatever, they always try to make it like, oh, that's just mine and I'm not going to share it because it'll go away or there's not enough of something. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you become more powerful in a bigger deal by telling people what you're doing and explaining how you're doing it and what like your kind of journey, not just where you ended up because people love that stuff and it's not – there's always going to be houses to sell. There's always cars to sell. There's always whatever. And if you just explain to people, this is what I'm doing, you're not going to lose anything. You're just going to become better. You know, yeah. I mean? like people are going to look up to you and you're going to be like, yeah. you're going to have a bigger name and a better company because you're like explaining exactly the clarity. Like mm-hmm. it's see through this is exactly what I'm doing. This is what works. This is what sucks. And that right there is an abundance mindset. Scarcity is like, oh, you I got to hold on to it. I'm yeah, so yeah. scared. I don't want to tell. I, yeah. I sell this by doing this, but I'm not going to tell anyone. Well, I'm going to lie to people. A funny thing would be yeah. like. You don't have okay. to do that. You don't. Our, Just be a good human. Yeah, in our period. business or our offices I agree. or our, our places of employment, it's like, hey, do you know, you know, I just got this Tom Smith loan. Wait, where? what's what's his phone number? Oh, I got him. No, that's that's my deal. And it's like. Shut up, dude. Move on. Okay, yeah. take it. There's many more. There's you know, if you're that worried about it, here you go. It's unlimited. And that's kind of where. At least, like in our last place of employment, I feel like that was huge. It was always like, yeah. And finally, yeah. I, at first, I was like, "Fuck that guy," you know. Yeah. Took my deal straight. But up. now it's like, have it, have it, you know. Because yeah. I'm not worried about time. that. And if he's gonna go with you, why? Why would I feel any bit entitled that that's my deal if this guy didn't call me and tell me that he's going with you? Yeah. I mean, that's not my deal. Clearly, that's right. like people I didn't lock like it up. Holding people into like a, a buyer's contract or any kind of bull yeah. crap. What are you like doing? At the end of the day, dude, what are you doing? Holding like, someone hostage? Yeah, it's like, dude, you're not doing what's right for the client, which means you're sucking at your job. Right. So be a better. Well, person. once in a while, I'll have a client who signed a, a contract and they go with someone else. It's not really my place to be like. I might say, hey, just so you know, yeah, you yeah. know they're. Go- Oh, let me know when they buy because I'm going to get half that commission. I'm like, for doing what? You didn't do anything, dude. Yeah. 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 No. Well, that's bullshit. Well, 
You didn't, you're, you didn't you, follow up with him. You yeah, didn't keep you him lost. Happy. Play better. That is not your play fault. Better. Play, better. play better. Play better, dude. I, yeah, should have played better. Should have played better. You, you didn't play better. Right Wise thing. words of Andy Dirks. Andy Dirks said that. that. Andy <laughs> yeah. Dirks play better. Play better, dude. Play better. We use it to this. Should have done better. Should have played better. It was awesome, man. I love that. And to your point, like you know the whole trickery thing. So I will tell you that for me it was a big transition because I was a leads guy. I worked at Quicken for five and a half years. I, yeah. I worked at another place where we did leads and we were, it was all churn and burn. So my goal was to get someone on the phone, mm-hmm. hammer them, get them committed. So I was like a hard salesman, right? And yeah. I was good at it. Oh yeah. And then for me to go transition to being like a human again and like yeah. creating relationships, it took a little bit, Sal. Like I wasn't like super comfortable with it because I was like, I'm Paul Paslakis and I'm going to sell you sell you a mortgage. Yeah. Well, nobody nobody gives a shit. No, right? No. So what works to your point is be honest, be upfront, fall on the sword if something's wrong, yeah. right? Just be very transparent and people will appreciate that. Things happen. And instead of trying to like sell, sell around it, just, just be open. Well, and the truth is all on the paper, you know, yeah. whether or not they understand it is, is your job. Yeah. You know, as a loan officer, for example, like, I could tell you what like that this means that, but in reality, it's it's a fee or it's a cost on there, right? Yeah. And there's oh, your yeah. rate. And if anyone else looks at it who knows what they're talking about, mm-hmm. hey, you just got charged like three points for that rate, right? So there's no hiding around. You know. There is a lot of trickery happening right now. A lot of clients are so uh, rate focused, yeah. right? So the the thing that happens a lot, and I've talked about this, is people get charged points just to get a lower, so the LO can show a lower rate because it's uncomfortable to say, you know, rates have gone up. This is where it's at. I'm going to charge them three points. They're not going to notice the points, and I'm going to give them a, a four and a quarter or four point one. But the math doesn't make sense. It's not what's right for the client. Yeah. But the client doesn't know that they feel like they're getting a good deal because they're paying all these points and they just don't realize it. No, yeah, uh, yeah. Because consumers don't get it, right? So to your point, a lot of trickery. It's a lot harder. It's a lot harder for us to be honest in our business, and it's a lot harder for me to tell you the truth because we probably lose some business because of that, Yeah. but I feel like I gain a lot more because of it. Yeah, and I feel like if you just are straight up honest with somebody, they're going to come They're gonna come back like with their friends. They're going to be like, hey, you know what might have been slightly more or blah, 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 whatever. It was competitive, but as long as you told them the truth, it just- it, Way better, dude. Yeah, they it come back. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah that guy's awesome, you know, like- yeah, like people t- are willing to pay more for good service. Like if your service sucks, they're not going to want to pay more. But if you're like a badass, they're going to be like, "Hey, you know, we might have had another hundred dollar fee. We're going to go back to this guy because he's great." Yeah, it's worth it. There's a there's oh, a yeah. value proposition there where the, where there's some worth there, right? Yeah. You, you're working the absolute professional, or sometimes you're not. So it is true, man. In, in our business, unfortunately, it is uh, it is a cutthroat business, and people don't really see a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes. Yeah. Um. But sometimes the consumers get hurt by it. No, I agree. Right, and unless and then, so that's I guess my whole point with all this to wrap it all like all in like a nice little bow, you have to work with a good team. And honestly, like if you, I used to think the first step in getting a house was get a mortgage, get pre-approved. It's not in my opinion anymore. Find a good agent, and then from that agent, ask him for two or three referrals for lenders because they're going to have a really good idea of who's good. Yeah, no, I agree. Right? Yeah. Right? Somebody coming to you with a pre-approval from from Chase or Bank of America, they're, you know, they're, they're, there's a lot of pressure for them to write pre-approvals. So yeah. they fling them out. Right? Yeah. You you probably wouldn't refer those companies cuz you want to make sure that it's they're taken care of. Yeah. And like it's just nice too like when you get to the closing table to have your loan officer setting there so you actually like <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like well, beyond that like home yeah. inspectors things like that yeah. like it's easy to probably stumble upon a realtor or a loan officer, but yeah. how many people know offhand know home inspectors? 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah, realtors are pretty good sources of like. Right. I honestly, I, I used to believe, and I, this was drilled in my head. Contractors. The, the, oh, get, yeah. get your mortgage first as a, as a consumer. Do not do that. Find your agent so they can direct you because nobody is more incentivized to make sure you have a good transaction and it, the deal actually goes through than the real estate agent. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people just go to Google, type in, about to buy a house, what do I do? Right. And the first thing they see is Quicken Loans, Chase Bank, Bank of America, all the big ones. Yeah. But the problem is they're that big because they're jacking their prices up so they can pay for that much advertising. And, you know, I think that's... Big. Yeah. And, and for me, it's not about price. I've, I've spent a lot of... I really think if, if, the, if the price was higher and it was absolutely like the best service on the planet, but it, it yeah, really... But if the price is higher than the service sucks, then what? <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Don't come after me. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Um, that's it, Sal. I think we're pretty much almost done. Jessica, how yeah. are you? I'm good. How yeah. are you? We, oh, by the way, we finally got a code for the door. Which is I'm really excited about. You're welcome. Uh, I don't know about the lag. Last week we still had a lag. Dave uh, has yet to respond to any of my calls, texts, emails. I'm watching it and it doesn't seem like you have one now. Really? Uh huh. Get out of here. You fixed it? I, don't, I, mean, I think so. All right. So it's working. <laughs> so for the audience, just so you know, you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page at Omega Lending. Um, you can. Uh, go to Podcast Detroit. We're on there, right, Jessica? That's your thing, right? Yep. Okay. Anything else I'm missing? Uh, iTunes? Did you say that? I said already? iTunes, yeah. Okay. Anything no. I think that's Pretty it. Good job. Yeah, that's, yeah. thanks. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Uh, uh, Scott Brothers, uh, there's only one of you. Can you tell the audience how they can get a hold of you, man? Yeah. So, do you want my phone number or what? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, dude, I don't know. Yeah. 810-447-1716, or you can go to scottbrothersrealestate.com. Say that one more time. 810-447-1716 or scottbrothersrealestate.com. You could also email him at, at makingrealestategreat. At gmail.com. I was laughing. That's literally <laughs> That's pretty good. At making real estate That's great. Awesome. Yeah. Was I making real estate great again? No, gone? not again. That, I couldn't do again because like it's always been great. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, love you all. Goodbye.